This is Tash Harden and it's been my pleasure to be involved with a Coleman Had a Dream podcast. Hello and welcome to another Coleman Had a Dream special. Uh, we are here with Tash Harding today. Hello. And as ever, I'm here with Ruth. Hello. Um, we are very, very lucky to be joined by Tash, who's obviously played for a, a huge variety of important clubs like Man City, Liverpool, Reading, Cardiff City as well, and has obviously represented Wales and is, continues to do so. Uh, we want to talk to Tash a lot today about her kind of career in football, but also uh, the women's draw for the 2021 Euros, which has taken place today, which uh, I don't know about you, but we're very excited about. Yes, I think I was watching in anticipation. I think Rachel Brown dropping the, the ball on the floor. I <laughs> that was so funny. Um, but no, we were all watching. We all had group chat going on. And so, yeah, it was very nerve-wracking, but very pleased as well. Initially, like we'll talk about it in a bit more detail, but initially, what? how do you feel about the draw? Um, I think it's a great draw. I think we could have had worse. Um, before we had the draw, me and Jess were talking about um, who would we want or who would we take. In terms of the bigger teams, um, we, I know we came up in that conversation of a team that I know they are big, but we've developed since playing them last time and they've lost a couple of players. So I think it'd yeah. be quite an interesting match. So we were really happy with it. Oh, I'm glad. Uh, so were we. I think like Norway was one of the ones that I was kind of on the fence about, but looking at some of the other pots, like, a, like Belarus being bottom of the third pot, for example, I thought was a great draw. Yeah. And a lot of positives. I saw, your, I saw your thread. I was trying to read through it yesterday. Oh, I... <laughs> Who would be a good draw? Who yeah. wouldn't? And yeah, I thought it was quite well matched, to be honest. Yeah, I was, I was delighted. It, for once, I made a sort of made a prediction. It sort of was half right, so I was quite happy with that. Half. That's, that's half good. Right, yeah. That's good. It shows a lot about how happy we are with our predictions. Um, so we just want to talk, obviously, a lot about how you got into football and stuff. So how did you kind of get into football and, and get picked up by Cardiff City when you were younger? Oh, God, we'll be here for ages. Um, <laughs> no, um, no, I played a boys' team for since the age of five to, I think I was 12, when I turned up and they said, you can't train anymore. And I was devastated, I was yeah. heartbroken. And I'd always say that football was my first love and it broke my heart a few times. And that was the first one, I think. Um, and I stopped playing for a bit because I just thought, where I was from, I never um, come across a women's team, girls team, and I just I remember going to a girls football team, and this is no disrespect to Caffili Castle. <laughs> I played one game, and I came home and said, "Ma'am, girls can't play football." <laughs> I don't know why I thought I was separate to a girl. I don't know, but it maybe is being brought up with boys and boys football. Um, so I stopped playing club football until I was um, sixteen, and then I had and. Before that, I had a chance to play with Jess and Gwen and Harris in for Wales under 13s, and I was 11 at the time. Um, and so I become very good friends with them, but I hadn't spoken to them for a while. And lo and behold, I had a teacher that was on teacher training, and her name was Sean Harris, which happened to be the sister of Gwen and Harris. And, and I was like, God, you look so familiar. <laughs> I can't, can't put my finger on it. And then she said, but I'm Gwen and Harris' sister. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is obviously mad. It's meant to be. And yeah. she said, you know, are you training? Are you playing? Exchange numbers with Gwen. And I then got a trial and got offered to go and train with, with Cardiff City. And I got picked to play in, in the reserves. So I was over the moon. And 
to play with Jess and Gwen and again and now the likes of Sophie Ingle, Lauren Dykes. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So looking back it was a it was maybe fate. It was it was meant to be. Absolutely. It's actually quite frightening how how such big things can turn on such little moments, isn't it? Yeah. Honestly, it's, and I think if I hadn't met Sean, which is Gwen's sister, I probably would never have gone into the game when I did. I think I would have left it a lot later and maybe I probably wouldn't even be playing with Wales, for Wales. But yeah. thankfully I met her and, yeah, and it's all gone from there and went from the reserves to the first team and, yeah, never looked back, really. I read that in your first season of playing for Cardiff that you played in Europe in the for your, in your first season. How, how was that? And like, as part of your development, was that sort of a bit of a like a wow moment of this is what I need to do to improve? Or like, what what was the whole experience like? Yeah, like again, I never paid for it. So for the first time, we went away on this trip playing in the Champions League. It was I was what I think I was like seventeen. Um, it was boiling hot, may I add. So <laughs> that added to things, um, and it was literally it was my taste of before I went to the under-19s of Wales, so it was like waking up together, you'd have breakfast together, you all have to wear the same outfit, you'd go and train in the afternoon, you'd come back, everyone would do recovery, and then you'd eat together and relax. And that was my first taste of what it would be like on camp. And I think the same season after my first time with the Champions League, I then went and played for the under-19s for Wales. So, um, yeah, it put me in a very good mental state of preparing me for that because maybe looking back I wasn't grown up as I thought I was and yeah, everyone thinks they're grown up when they're 16, 17 <laughs> yeah. and, but being in that environment with such experienced players I think that put me in a great foothold to then go on and go into camp and act appropriately <laughs> Allegedly Yeah <laughs> And I think a lot of girls would say allegedly <laughs> um, From there obviously you went on to, to Bristol the one thing I was really interested about is that after that, um, I read there was a, an approach that came from Washington uh, to come yeah. and play over here in the States, but it fell through. What, how, what, like, what happened there and, and how did that come about? Um, so I went to Bristol firstly and I worked under Mark Sampson. It was unbelievable um, getting Champions League again. Um, and I always had a dream. Like, you always said to me, like, what do you want to do with football? And for me, growing up, America was always this massive thing. Even in the film, Bender Like Beckham, it was America. Like, everyone talks about it. Everyone, went, everyone spoke about college in America. And um, I think it was, like, Brandy Chastain, with, when she took the top off, like, everyone remembers that, the cover of that book that's in football coaching when I was in university. And it was always a thing for me that I think I had to tick off my bucket list. Um, and I got a phone call from Mark Parsons on the way home from a Bristol training night. I was in the car with Sophie Ingle and I was like, so, I was like, what do I, what do, I do? Do I answer it? Do I? She was like, just answer it, see what's, what, what he's got to say. Um, and I was expecting an American accent because I didn't know who he was. Yeah. And he sounded like the most cockney London person <laughs> I've ever spoke to. Um, and yeah, it was a very good conversation. Um, he really wanted me. He was... He knew quite a lot about me, he knew what I did for Bristol, he knew quite a lot of my stats, which was always nice to hear. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I got offered a chance to go and sign for Washington Spirit um, and did the visa. And unknown to me, I had something that I never declared, didn't even know that I was aware of it. And unfortunately, it was a no. 
Um, and again, I think if that opportunity closed, another one opened with Man City. So yeah. I think a lot of people will say I was finding my feet, but it doesn't come without work, work like working hard and Absolutely. stuff. But it was, it's a dream that I haven't given up on. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> Oh, very great! I like that cryptic, cryptic. We'll maybe ask you more about that when we're not recorded. Uh, <laughs> so after that, um, you went on to play for Man City and Liverpool. I saw that at Liverpool, that seemed like it was your most prolific spell. Um, what do you think kind of worked for you in that sense that meant that you scored a lot of goals? Um, the way that we played, the people that I had around me. So I had obviously Sophie Ingle played centre half and or midfield and would give me the ball. Um, all the time she knew where I wanted it because we've played in the same team since we were 16, 17 yeah. um, I played alongside Shanice van der Sanden who's um, the, probably the quickest player that I've ever come across in women's football and Ad Greenwood she's got an unbelievable left foot knew my runs that I wanted in the box down the channels what type of ball that I wanted and, and it worked and it clicked and as individuals it, w- it was probably our best season as individuals and it shows that by some of the girls going on to play for bigger teams now as such and yeah it was I think I don't know my record but as down to the tee but I think it was like 36 appearances and 16 goals I want to say but I could be wrong no you're pretty much on the spot there yeah it's pretty much on the spot (laughs) but no I just think they knew my strengths and we played to that and Obviously, at club football now, it hasn't gone the way that I wanted in terms of positional um, formations and playing as a wing-back is not what I want. And I, you know, hopefully that'll maybe turn on its head. But I think with Wales, that's why I still play up front because Jane knows my strengths and the girls do. So, um, no, I really enjoyed my time at Liverpool. It was sad that how it ended and I just didn't see the club going in the right direction at the time. So I think it was the right time for me to leave. I wanted to ask you about that positional change, Tash, yeah. and, and how that's developed and how you feel about that. Um, it's a weird one for me. And I, I think a lot of people will sit back and say, well, she's played 90 minutes. Why do you want to complain? And I'm not, I'm, I'm not the type of person that will push for things and, at the end of the day, it's down to the coach's decision. It's, it's their decision at the end of the day who plays and what position you play. You know, you haven't got much of a say in that. Um, and before I went to Reading, I was top of the league in terms of goal scoring um, chances and goals scored. Um, I think it was me and Frank Kirby. I think I'd scored a hat-trick against Rachel Laws, who is now our reserve goal, uh, second goalkeeper. Um, and... Now I found myself, I you know I didn't score in two games and they needed cover at a fallback and Kelly Chambers has worked with me internationally and I've played one or two games as fallback and she played me there. I thought it was going to be a short term thing. <laughs> um, unfortunately, um, I've still been there. Um, I would like to think it's because I'm doing a good job. I don't know, um, but you know it's something that I'm still a bit bitter about if I'm totally <laughs> honest um, but you know you never know what's going to happen I could get another chance there but thankfully I've still got international career and I'm playing up front internationally and I, I do really well there and hopefully if Redden change their system or their formation and it suits 
an attacking profile like mine, then maybe we will hopefully have another conversation and say how many goals I've scored <laughs> yeah. since this conversation. But um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, but I can see both sides. Yeah. Has it helped you read the game as a forward differently, Tash? Yeah, very different. Mm-hmm. Because people are doing things against me that I would do against them. So for me to now see it in a different perspective is going to give me an edge. So when I do you know, play for Wales and I play up front, I can see things differently or I'll see them quicker than what I would have probably before. Um, I'm a lot more refined than I probably was at Liverpool because I've learned different things and I've probably worked on things that I never would have worked on before. Um, so, yeah, it's given me a different perspective as much as I don't like it. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's helped. If it helps you score goals for Wales, it's 100% worth it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, move, t- talking more about Wales there, um, you made your debut against Switzerland, I think I'm right in saying. Um, yeah. How did, the, the, how did you hear about it, for, you know, playing for the first team, and then, obviously, what was it like coming on for the first time? Yeah, um, so I was just breaking into Cardiff City's first team, played for the under-19s, and I scored um, for Wales. I think I scored two goals or three goals against in Montenegro. Oh, no. Yeah, it was Montenegro. Um, no, Macedonia. And I scored our goals. Right. Um, and off the back of that, I got a letter because... Obviously, we didn't have emails then. Um, and we had a letter, and I got picked to be for the seniors. Um, and it was unbelievable because these, you know, going with these girls, like I, Jess had gone to Bristol, Gwen had gone to Bristol, playing in like a better league. Um, so for me, it was an unbelievable like chance. And I was like, yeah, I can't, like, yes. Like you had to ring up and say that whether you were available or not. Oh right. Um and yeah, we went. It was on this three G pitch again. It was boiling hot. <laughs> um and it was in the it was like the yellow and green kappa kit. Um I was number fifteen, I think. Um and I just remember I came on for fifteen minutes, I think, and. He just said to me, just be creative, don't have no fear. And that's what everyone knew about me. I wasn't scared to do anything yeah. new. I wasn't scared to, to take people on. I wasn't scared to lose the ball. And maybe I've lost a bit of that when I, as I got older, I should get a bit wiser, they say. But yeah, it was a fantastic experience and one that I look up back on with fond memories. Yeah. Like, I, was, I was in awe of like the players that were there. Equally, the first time I saw you played, uh, you scored for Wales... You scored a hat trick then when you scored your first ever goals. That must have been Rexha? incredible. Oh, do you know what? I've not actually. That's terrible research. I know who's against. I can tell you that much. Well, <laughs> it's against Israel. With, yeah, Rexham. Yeah, but I didn't know it was Rexham. Okay, you've embarrassed yeah. me there. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's, it's like, yeah, give me that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. I'll uh, take it. No, that was unbelievable. Um, and they they literally they say goals internationally like buses like they hardly come, but when they do, they come all at once and. That's what it was. I just found myself right place, right time. Great balls into me. I scored those two corners and the through ball. Um, unbelievable again. Yeah. It was. I still got the ball. I've got like a. I was going to ask you that. Actually. Yeah, but up in mum's house, I've got a like a memorabilia room of like things that I've achieved in my career, and yeah. there's a few hat trick balls in there, and nice. that's um, one of them. Probably collected a few dust and all that. <laughs> 
Um, we obviously want to move forward and, and talk about the upcoming campaign. Uh, yeah. And obviously don't want to focus too much on what's just gone past. But I think it's, it is something that's worth talking about. Obviously, it's disappointing to miss out and everything else. But the the momentum, I guess, is the right word, that yeah. it's kind of gathered amongst uh, football fans in Wales and women's football. Like, I know, obviously, you know, we're not all going to France this summer, but there is definitely a huge positive as- aspect to take from that. Yeah. Um, when we... So we had, like, a meeting before um, the Kazakhstan game when we got... So it was... Yeah, the, the camp of the Kazakhstan, the first game. We all sat down and we, we were basically real with each other and said... Is this going to be another, excuse my language, piss up? Or are we going to be serious about it? And you could see Jane had changed. So she saw the Euros and watched Austria play. And Austria basically punched above their weight in every single game. They were hard to beat, but they scored on the counter because they had quick players. So they utilised their strengths. So Jane sat us down, this is what we're going to do. She met with every single player to say, this is how we're changing, this is what's going to happen. And you could just feel everyone was just on board. It was an unspoken belief, I think. Um, and it was, I think, some murmurs of whether this will be some people's last campaign. So I think it was kind of just, we all, it was unspoken, but it was the moment that everyone was like, right, okay, we're in this. Well, yeah. And it just kicked on from there. and But we were never aware of what was happening outside. We'd done a really good job, and the media and the staff and Jane, of keeping the buzz away from us. Yeah. Until after the Russia home game. After the Bosnia and Russia home game, the doubleheader in June, that's when we all were, okay, something's going on here. Yeah. This is, we're creating something. And then... The turnout at Rodney Parade was unbelievable, and we could never have asked for anything more. And yeah. if someone had said to me before the campaign, "You're gonna sell out Rodney Parade, you're gonna get down to the last game," I would have gone, "You're having a laugh." Have you not seen our records from before? <laughs> so um, we did. We were we weren't really aware of it until the Russia home game, and that's when, after like everyone had gone away, we come come off camp. Some of us were on holiday. And it was just momentum. It was just that that last game was being spoke about nearly every other day. Yeah. Like you could just see it, and it was just building. And we were like, something is happening. We don't know what, but some <laughs> something is going on. And it's been great. And I know we lost, and they deserved it. But for us to get where we did and to build something bigger than us outside of it was massive. And that's probably a win in itself. I think that's um. It was a, it was a, it took us a while to look back on that because it was it, I said it before it was like we were grieving like yeah. for me it was just I couldn't even think about it that game it was just I need to get away from football but I obviously couldn't and until we sat down last camp and chatted after the game with a few um, <laughs> drinks we were saying like it's unbelievable what we did achieve so yeah it's, it was massive but hopefully that can continue now and I don't think the momentum have stopped so because the thing I found interesting was that obviously you got quite close to qualifying in I think it was 2015 um and yeah. I think it was Ukraine went on a on a better run in the last few games and and they beat beat us um to yeah. kind of halt that one momentum. Nil. <laughs> yeah one nil yeah and but 
I mean, I don't know whether it's because I wasn't aware of it, or I don't know about you either, but even though you got almost just as close in a way, it, this felt different. And I don't know whether it was because England were involved or... The, the, you know, I think that, I, for me, I think that nil-niller was, in my opinion anyway, probably one of the most important results in the history of women's football in Wales, just because it was, the, yeah. I, I thought, for me anyway, yeah. it was the first time everyone was kind of on board, weren't they? Yeah, and I'm glad, but, I'm glad to hear that you were saying that, as a squad, you started to realise the impact that it was having, because... It, it's just an amazing journey and it's, it's that also that feeling that you're still on that journey and as a country we're still on that journey and still developing yeah. and growing and I think that's wonderful yeah and that, that that the England game we look back on and we say oh it was massive point but the fact that we had like a bus of traveling fans we've never had that before yeah. um to share that moment with those fans and the people that didn't believe in us now were going, actually, <laughs> they're doing all right. That was massive, but I don't think in the moment we knew how big that ripple effect was. Yeah. Um, and that, again, that rippled on to the Bosnia in Swansea, the the home game against Russia. And we all look back still on that home game against Russia. And we just, for us, that was when the penny dropped. That was when everything clicked together. That was when we were... Okay, everything outside's working. This is working. We actually, this is serious. Yeah, and I think after that England game, I think that propelled us into where we are now. I think I've got to say that when that the Russia game is the one for me as well because I was on a school trip. We went to Montreal, and we have a day or like a part of the day on the trip where the kids kind of go off and shop. And just coincidentally happened to be the perfect opportunity to slip off and, and try and watch. I don't know how these things work out the way they do. Um, but for me, that was the thing I remember, because I remember I couldn't get internet signal. I was rushing around the shopping centre in Montreal, and the only place I could get decent internet... I probably shouldn't say this, I'll start telling this story, was a bar just outside the shopping centre. <laughs> so I was sat, I'm going to have to edit this, aren't I? Um, <laughs> I was sat outside in the bar in the glorious sunshine trying to get streams on my phone and get TV catch-up working on my phone to watch the game. And, you know, one, th- one ear on the radio, uh, you know, listening to the game and yeah. people were sending us tweets left, mm-hmm. right and centre. It was like, this is insane. Because yeah. it was literally nine months ago. Like I remember, like when we spoke to Jess, she was saying that we uh, the, the 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 gates were still in the hundreds, mm-hmm. and in between uh, six and nine months, it just exploded. It just went crazy. And yeah. but I remember I can I like and you saying talking about the Russia game kind of gave me goosebumps. So I can picture sat in this weird place in the arse end of Montreal, <laughs> huddled over my phone, giving it this every <laughs> like people must have thought I was having a breakdown or something. But, um, but it was. But amazing. That, like, that's what I mean. And we look back now, like, the media have, like, done a few videos. And there's one video, and it's just of the Russia game. And it honestly is unbelievable. And it gets us every time. And we're on campus. We, we still watch them now because it, it just gives us unbelievable memories of, like, what a, what a day. But, unfortunately, me and Sophie and have to be cut short because we had to do drug testing with the Russians. So... Um, <laughs> That, that, didn't, that didn't go down too well. Took but, the edge yeah. off. <laughs> but no, it was great. Great memories, that game. Um, to move on then, um, and looking at this, like 
I assume it's kind of, as you say, it's, it's great memories and everything else, but it's more of a of a stepping stone, I guess, is the yeah. is the mentality rather than a than a missed opportunity. And I guess you know you talk about it clicking with the players. I assume everyone is kind of still fully on board with that now, and the, and the mindset is really focused on moving forward. Yeah, and again, it took us a while to get to this point of moving forward because after the England game. I think a few of us were in quite weird places in terms of football. Well, certainly Wales football. We didn't know whether we wanted our heartbreak again because it was so hard for some of us to that pill to swallow, knowing that that's probably our last World Cup campaign. Um, and would we ever feel like that again? So it's taken us quite a long time to now get to this point of, right, we're on it. And after the Italy game, I think that gave us a lot of positives. Um, we had young players, new players. I know we lost 2-0, so it's hard for some people to say, how oh, is that good? But the way we played in those conditions against a top team was you could not take any positives from that. Um, so after that game, it was, right, wait, this is it. This is do or die. This yeah. is now or never. And, yeah, we're all pretty much invested. And after seeing the draw today, it's on the group chat, it's like, come on, we can't wait. And, you know, it's it's starting already. So you we, as much as we hated the last one to end, we wish the other one, this one, started now because yeah. I think everyone is on it. Um, talking about the the um that like the get together and you you, shall we say more senior players decide yeah. deciding collectively that you're that you're staying. Now I'm not going to ask you to like betray any confidences or anything Tash no. but what but for example when we were talking with Jess last summer it was very clear she was definitely on the fence about whether she was staying or not and I'm sure you uh, and perhaps Lauren Dykes felt something similar was it yeah. very much a sort of collective decision did you did were you was it something that you felt you all wanted to go in together that if you were staying together it was different yeah and you know we've had conversations and we did and it was, for us, it was, okay, let's just go out with a bang. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't want to be there and hang around. So mm-hmm. we, we still have things to give. We still have a lot to give to Jane's team and Jane's future and the women's game in Wales. And I think a lot of the senior older players, <laughs> um, we all believe that we have we still have so much to give to Jane and to Welsh football and we're not only thinking of getting to the Euros and being a part of that, but we're also thinking of how can we put Wales in an even better situation than what we left it with the help of us working alongside Jane. Um, so there's things behind the scenes that we're trying really hard to even improve as well with the help of Laurie, who's now the head of women's football, um, and with Jane. So, yeah, it was... a uh, In the conversation, it was... If you stay, I'll stay. <laughs> and then it kind of started like that. And then it was one basically last bang. So, um, yeah, it was a collective decision. And, yeah, so I think... And, you know, it gives us a chance to socialise with each other. So I don't, <laughs> think we're ready, quite, I don't think we're quite ready to give that up yet. I could see when you said it was a joint decision. You just had a big smirk came over your face. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a story to be told there. <laughs> <laughs> It must be, seeing some of the young players coming through, though, Tash, and seeing that you can have a sort of mentoring role 
with some yeah. of those players who were going into a very much more professional environment than you did, for example, at the equivalent age. Yeah. Um, what, what's the role that you and perhaps some of the senior players are playing in that? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, I, I completely understand um, that they're scared and worried and apprehensive because I felt exactly the same. And we tried to explain to them that we feel the same or we felt the same as what you did. We were scared. We didn't think we could talk to the senior players, but you have to make that step of speaking to someone. You know, we're not going to spoon feed you all the time, but you have to make an effort with us. And we've been, you know, pretty clear with that from the start. And, you know, you see things in certain individuals that you're like, oh, she's quite, I can see it myself in her, or oh, I used to be like that. And it, it, it is refreshing. And the, the quality of the younger ones coming through is probably more consistent than what it ever has been, whereas before it was. Jess, Lauren, and Gwen and Harris. Then it would be, um, myself. Then it was Sophie Ingle. Then it was and Harrod and Haley. Like it was never, it was never all in big chunks. It was always three or four coming through. Whereas now we've got more consistency in quality, um, and a lot more of it. So we've got Charlie Escort, Fionn Morgan, um, Elise Hughes. Um, Gemma Evans, you know, there's, that's just to name a few. We've got so many more youngsters coming through that are in a better position than what we were. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's refreshing. It's hard work, may I add, because <laughs> you have to keep them in check now and again. Um, but no, it's, they, some of them have very strong shoulders on, uh, heads on their shoulders. So for us, sometimes we don't have to do a job, but when we have to, they know it's serious. <laughs> <laughs> there does seem to there does seem to be a real squad developing there. Not just not just an eleven, which is yeah. perhaps how things may have been a few years ago. But there's actually squad, and you know, in some some positions, actually, some real competition for positions as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. And James always reiterated that that you know there might be a time where a senior player won't be starting, but you are still very much involved and. Again, it's probably taken some of us a lot, you know, a lot longer to get our heads around that because we've been in a culture or in a national team that the starting eleven is probably the most consistent thing in Welsh football. Um, so, you know, it, again, I think the last campaign it was a squad effort, and I think everyone had a part to play, and everyone knew that, and it was never a us and them, it was just a them. And I think if we can still instill that in the next campaign and over these next few friendlies and the next few camps, then, again, that will give us an, an extra edge and strengthen what we already have. Um, and I'd like to think we're quite nice and we welcome quite a lot of people. That leads me to a, a question about these upcoming friendlies, because obviously this time last year you were off to the Cyprus Cup, yeah. um, whereas this time it seems there's been quite a conscious decision to have a more sort of contained camp, as it were, uh, less less demands for... Yeah. And, and I was wondering how you felt about that and what you see the positives are in that. Um, first, we'll probably miss the warm... It's even hotter, it's like... <laughs> um, not as... But it was... It was I, can, I can see where Jane is coming from. And for us players, we want to play as many games as possible because we think 
is going to prepare us for the the next campaign, which is obviously the Euros. Um, so we were a bit um, perplexed by why we're only playing two games. Um, but then her her look on it is she wants to get quality rather than quantity, which I completely understand. It gives us more training games together to implement and understand the new way of playing. Um, and it also is looking after the older players because again, you know, there's some of us that would play in every single game longer than 70 minutes in, in Cyprus Cup. So we're looking after the older ones, but still maintaining quality and intensity that Jane needs. So it was, um, it was at first we looked at it and thought, oh, but now we understand and I think it's going to work better for us, really. You were saying there about the, the style of play and we could, we could see from watching the Italy game that there's, you know, there's a, a change of emphasis, but perhaps less defensively focused compared to the last, yeah. the last campaign. I, I, was, I wanted to ask you about that and, and how you feel that's developing. Yeah, um, when she told us, Jane, in the meeting, we were all buzzing and ecstatic and happy with the fact that now we're going to look more pos- like possession-based and more attacking and a lot more front-foot defending in terms of pressing. So you won't really, unless we play against top, top opposition, you won't really see us defend like we did against England because she wanted to come away from that, even though we're really hard to beat. We never really scored and created much. Um, so, yeah, it was music to our ears when she said, we're now going to be front foot pressing. And I think her example of it was Wolves men. Um, and what they are doing at the minute is being really hard to beat, really tenacious in terms of defending, but very good going forward and take risks. But And they have a lot of rewards with it. So... I think that is the best example that I can give you of how it's going to look. So hopefully that's where we'll look in August. I mean, you could really see that in the Italy yeah. game, couldn't you? Like the, I like you, like you talk about it being a positive performance despite the defeat. Defeat, sorry. Like there were plenty of chances that came and went in that game, and you know could quite easily be coming away from that with a draw. So I totally agree with you about the positive performance. You can really yeah. see, and I think we possess. You know, in yourself and and Jess and Kaylee Green, people who can really threaten other teams. You know, yeah, and that's the thing, and that's what Jane's hopefully now with this next few games, she'll implement that and implement different stages of how we're going to play. So again, it's getting the fullbacks to probably do things that they don't normally do in terms of pressing their fullback. You know, we don't normally see that, and it's almost how. Chris Coleman played with Wales when he first was there and yeah. what they did and how attack-minded they were, but yet was still resilient in defending. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. And I think the Italy game will certainly take a lot of positives into the first game against Ireland. I mean, you'll have to be careful that the full-backs don't become too prominent because, you know, you might get pulled back even more then. You'd be furious. <laughs> oh, let's not jinx it. Let's not jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, to, to look forward, as you mentioned there, um, I... We did a bit of research today and I found out some fascinating things about some of the other teams that are playing and some and other stuff. So we just kind of wanted to go through the teams and what you thought about it and what you thought of the draw and ultimately okay. how you think we're going to fare. So obviously Norway is obviously one of those teams that you were, obviously from what you said at the start, actually you know relatively happy about. Um, is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, do you think the fact that Ada Hegerberg isn't playing at the minute, do you find that, obviously I mean it's a bonus in terms of 
how good she is. But do you think there's a bit of a shame that she's not going to be there to kind of test everyone, or is it just purely we're glad she's not there? Um, well, the last time we played them, it was my 50th cap. We lost 2-0. We held them off for 75 minutes. Yeah. She then decides she wants to play, <laughs> scores 25 yards outside the box and a header, and they went 2-0. Yeah. So um, for me, as much as she's a fantastic player, um, we've all said to Jess to make sure she doesn't come back. <laughs> um but again, they've lost some internationals and experienced players that have retired since the last Euros. They've had a new manager. So, and we're a lot better than what we were when we played them 2 0. So, if we were like that at 2 0, then, you know, who's to say if we would lose at that again or yeah. whether they beat us? So, I think it will be really close. Um, I do think that. I do think we'll probably have different strategies for the home and away game. Um, but I'm excited to play them because it almost like an unknown at the minute because no one really knows. They kind of scraped through the World Cup qualification and they kind of had a really good run the last few games in their fixtures. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they fare in the next couple of months. Because, I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned that they were in the group with Holland. So, you know, they're obviously yeah. they're a top, top team as well. So to kind of relegate them to the playoffs, so to speak, was, is, a, is a good yeah. achievement from them. Um, yeah. I, was, I was really struck, though, by how many goals they scored. They scored 22 goals in that period, I thought was incredible. Do you, is, do you see them as having kind of any weaknesses? Like you mentioned the, the experience there. I noticed that a few are there. They've got a decent number of kind of older players. Yeah. Do you think that's a weakness or do you really think, what, what do you think are their weaknesses? I do think their centre halves, maybe backline are like their weakest point, and every team has a weak point. Um, and if we can have a certain game plan that can target that, or maybe whether it's a, like a counter attacking strategy or whatever, if and we caused them problems last time um, with those. So I think if we can do that and be defensively solid at the same time, I think hopefully we can hold our own and I think our, we were speaking about it today that our goal is potentially to get a point away from home they're our last game in the in the campaign but um, for if we got you know try and get something at home and then got a point there I think that would be a really good achievement um, but yeah I think they're a bit I think they like they score something like 12 goals or 8 goals in their last 3 games in the qualifiers I think recently you say in the 22 goals yeah. so you no, know, in comparison, while well, we scored seven, eight. I, I, I think I got it as nine. But Six, I, I could nine, be wrong. okay, we'll go with that. Seven, you were right, sorry. <laughs> um, so, you know, again, that's an area that we will look to obviously improve. So um, if we can do that, then comes August. It'll be interesting to see how they fare in the friendlies leading up to the games and in the World Cup. So I think... You know, teams either come out worse or, or better after the World Cup, and depending on how they do. So that'll be interesting one to keep an eye on. You said that. Yeah. Do you do you see any advantage in playing them relatively late in the campaign? Um, no, I. It's a tough one because I think they've tried to schedule it the same way they did the World Cup of like campaign in terms of the England mm-hmm. stuff. Because I think we played England pretty late on in the campaign. Um, I think that's the way they've gone with it. From I haven't spoke to Amanda or Jane, but from what we can see on the fixtures, I think it's very similar layout to the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, it again, it doesn't 
bothered us because if we can take care of the games that we should, well, obviously now we should be beating or the teams we should be getting the results against, if we can look after those ones, I think that's the whole point of it is to then give us that momentum of going into those games with hopefully high confidence and momentum behind us. Yeah, because I, like, I, I thought the same thing, I, especially like looking at the games before it, the five games before it, you, you know, like you say, games we could and should be winning. To go yeah. in, all of a sudden, you're kind of in this weird little mini group then, if that all goes to plan, where it's almost a shot to nothing in a, in a way against Norway. Um, and to yeah. come out with it, something from that would be a huge bonus. I, I totally agree. Like, you know, a point maybe at home and a point away, that, like, that could make a, a massive, massive difference. And you're not kind of in the bun fight of... Way where for the World Cup, where fewer teams qualified, you know, if you're in second yeah. place, a strong second place will kind of see you through. So, exactly. So I think that's the way they've gone with it. I th- personally, I thought I thought that was great, and I'm I'm excited about that. I was I was thinking that a few of us might be uh, I might be kind of moving home in a in a couple of years. So I have I have eyes on the fact that that Norway away game is uh, is soon after I will be moving home. So I might gently suggest to my wife that in uh, you know in a couple of years maybe we go to Norway for the weekend and I'm sure she'll love that and then oh you'll never guess the chances um, I'll have to slope off for a few hours and see how that goes down so yeah like if you can if you can make it so it goes to the last game I personally no problem. I appreciate that <laughs> thank you very much um, to, to look on to the other teams I, I personally was delighted that Belarus was the the name that came out with a hat from pot three because they were the lowest ranked team in pot three and also I've looked at their most recent results they've drawn one game uh, in July and since that the last time they got a positive result was September 2017 okay wow Uh, the last time they won a game they won a World Cup qualifier against Albania so like and they're in the same pot right yeah um, so, I mean, in terms of their kind of most recent results, they only won one game in their last qualifica- uh, qualification uh, round, which again was against Albania. So, I mean, well, that must be quite a, a positive, you know, relatively speaking, to be facing a, a side like that. Yeah. I mean, we've all been in there, we've all been in those <laughs> spots, we've all been on the end of defeats. Um, but yeah, again, it, it's what we wanted. I saw your thread yesterday and I was speaking to Jess about it and we were saying that, you know, we remember playing them at home. We beat them 1-0. Helen Ward scored like a last-minute winner. Yeah. Um, and we just imagined that they're going to be really hard to beat. Quite a tricky trip. I remember when we went away last time, it was quite an odd time. It was We had to get like a flight to somewhere, then fly straight in. After the game, we had to fly straight out and yeah, it was all a bit of a mismatch. So um, it'll be a tough one, but one that we are all very confident of getting a result out of. Um, like you talked about the game the last time, um, you've got a hat trick in that in that in that yeah. game as well. A late hat trick in that game. Um, obviously, they're scoring. They don't really score many goals either. They scored even less than us last time. They scored uh, five goals last time. So I'd imagine that okay. is something that's really. You know, as we are solid at the back, is a is a bonus for us. Yeah, and well, we kept we kept certain clean sheets. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think we had the best um record of clean sheets. Um, the same as the Netherlands. So for us, that again going back, thinking back to the, that last campaign, 
and against people the likes of Belarus and their lower ranked teams for us we're very confident in keeping a clean sheet and keeping them out of our 18 yard box so um, it's one that we're very confident of getting a, a positive result from Do you want to mention the travel? Yeah, I was looking at the, the sequence of games and um, I was quite so I don't know how much input Jane and co have on this or whether it's all just a computer um, but it was interesting to me that there's only one weekend where you've actually got two games and yeah. those and those are both at home so you've you saved the scenario for example having a game in Newport and then heading off to Belarus in the same weekend or or vice versa so that's yeah. that seemed like a good arrangement for the fixtures yeah and I think Jane would have definitely meticulously had done that on purpose I think um, she can probably be quite intimidating when she wants to be so I'm guessing the other delegates probably just nodded along (laughs) nod and smile (laughs) yeah very smart Um, the next team is Northern Ireland um, which uh, ranks 61st in the world they again just in terms of form are on uh, a kind of you know, a half-decent run of form, but a little bit indifferent. They haven't won since the end of form February, which is almost a year ago as well. Okay. Um, so, again, like I, I, looking at that, I thought that was quite a positive draw. They only won one game in the last campaign as well. Um, but it must be exciting for you to play against your Reading teammate uh, in that game, Rachel Furness. Yeah, and she texted me straight away, and um, she just said it's an interesting draw and one that she's looking forward to, and... Give me the emoji eyes and all that. Um, said a few swear words that I can't say. Um, but no, again, I think we've played them in the past, uh, you know, many a times. And the most recent was Jess's 100th cap. And we beat them 4-0 and 2-0, I think. Um, so for us, again, we're pretty confident if we turn up on the day and we do our homework and we have the strategy and the game plan right, then, you know, I can't see why we can't get three points from that game either. Um, I saw that uh, Simone McGill, who plays up front for them, has, she's got a good goal-scoring record, actually, 10-49 and 49 for Northern Ireland, but I also saw she holds the world record for the fastest international women's goal ever scored. She scored yeah. that for 11 seconds against Georgia. Is she someone you think you'll be kind of keeping an eye out for? Um, yeah, again, it, it, we all know, we understand their threats and what they have and they're very good at set pieces because Rachel Furness is very good at that. And um, So, yeah, we, we I think before every game, you know, if I can't give too much away, but Jane has detail on every single player that we need to be aware of. Um, so I'm sure we'll have our iPads full of information <laughs> on each individual. How, how much detail do you kind of go into? Obviously, I know you can't give away kind of specifics, but do you I kind of identify a lot of things like the set plays and or is there? Uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Literally, sorry, literally everything. And I think if you want more detail, it can give you what um, how many times she's entered the box into the right side, left side, central. How many times she's used her right foot in terms of contact on the goal? Like it's. There's a list of so many things that we have access to. You know, it's, I'm not one of those players that need to look at every single detail, but, you know, we have some girls that love to look and know their opponents inside out. So um, we have access to everything that you can think of, really. And they stuff to us as individuals. We have the we have the basic of 
their strengths of in and out of possession, the defending, this set plays, but then, you know, you can go to them and ask for additional information as well. Does that, is that only on the camps that happens or is that kind of sent to you well in advance that you can kind of look at that stuff at home? Yeah, no, we get sent to it uh, about a month before and then we'll get a reminder every other week then to then look at, but it won't be the full-blown thing because they understand we have to obviously concentrate on club football yeah. and us being football players can't really cope with too much information because <laughs> our brains explode. But um, yeah, it's just they'll drip feed certain things in that we need to be aware of and that will be a main focus. So they'll drip feed that in and then when we come onto campus, not alien to us and you know some of the girls they all learn differently so to them it's it's drip fed um quite often but in small doses and then we get on camp and everyone's on the same page everyone knows and everyone's not looking at a blank board going what the hell is that so (laughs) um they kind of drip feed it in which is again it's good and it's done to jane that uh to move on and look at the last team the faroe islands yeah. Um, again, like they're on a fairly indifferent run of form, and like some of the defeats they they faced uh, in the last tournament were kind of staggering. I think their best result over the last eighteen months or so was a four-one loss. Um, wow. Um, they only got uh, they didn't get any points in the in the qualifiers. Then they, they they scored they conceded sorry fifty-three goals. Um, is that is that a team? Do you think that you look to kind of exploit in terms of the the goals you can get and whatever you know? Because I know that the the best second place team scenario is a big part of that. Or is it just the three points is the most important thing? Yeah, I think we'll definitely look to increase our goal um, scoring opportunities and the goals that we need to score because we're really aware of that now. Um, whereas the last campaign, I think there was more focus on getting points rather than goals. Um, but now, obviously, going into it, I think looking at the, uh, teams like that, we have to exploit them. I know this sounds really bad and ruthless and probably arrogant, but teams like that, we should be beating and, you know, we should be comfortably beaten by quite a few. So yeah. that we have to be confident and we have to go into those games really ruthless because, again, that might determine whether we go through or we don't. So for us, we have to take advantage of those. No, I totally agree with you. And I think those are the games that... Traditionally, be it men's football or women's football, Wales have always seemed to kind of stumble in one way or another. Um, and, you know, kind of those those are big games. Um, we were talking to Laura McAllister uh, a couple of weeks ago and she we were talking about some of the first games that Wales played and everything else. Uh, I found out that the Faroe Islands' first ever win was against Wales in 1995. <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was, exactly. <laughs> um, and in a game where Wales lost 1-0 and had 20 shots on target. So uh, please don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that again. <laughs> let's not do that again. Um, last time we played them was 2009, so I guess there's kind of no real relevance to that to, to that result yeah. then, even though we won. But I did see that their leading goal scorer, Ranvar Andreasen, I think that's how you say her name, um, has scored quite a lot of goals considering the team, you know, they, they don't score many goals. She scored 26 yeah. international goals. Um, wow. um, so, I mean, obviously they do still carry a threat. Um, she's 38 years old, which gives me hope that I still have four more years of, yeah, left <laughs> of, uh, of international football ahead of me. Not if my performance <laughs> on Monday night was anything to go by. Uh, we lost five 0 but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I mean, it does go to show they do still carry a threat, and like you say, those are the games we've sort of got to be ruthless in, I guess. Yeah, and we'll be aware of their strengths. We'll probably be aware of her when it comes to playing them. But we have to, and what we did a good job of last campaign is being 
you know, keeping our own house tidy and being making sure that we did our jobs and we had the game plan right and that then fell into place of getting the results. So I think, you know, they will that be a tough test, but me being arrogant and confident as all most football players are, we have to be ruthless and we have to get three points out of it. And it's, it's as simple as that. If we get anything less, I think we will be all very disappointed. Um, the last question from me on this is, are you and the on all the girls targeting the second place as a as a kind of a minimum, and then going forward, seeing you know in those last three games of what you can get is kind of just qualifying the aim, or is there a kind of a grander plan, especially now the draw has been made of you know we can really go on and achieve something. I think qualification is the biggest thing for us. It doesn't matter how we get there; we want to qualify. Um, we would like to do it within the group stage and not have to go to a playoff, but we want to qualify. It doesn't matter how we do it, whether we win the group or not, but we qualify. That's our aim. And we haven't really spoke about winning the group. We've just spoke about qualifying. And I think in every interview and everything, probably the girls have said in the group chat, I think we've always said about qualifying. It's never been, we want to win the group. Because I think that will put pressure that we don't need on ourselves. Um, as much as we were good last campaign, I don't think we're there yet to have the arrogance of saying that we're going to win the group. Yeah. So we'll be quietly confident, but qualification is the main aim for us. Okay. Do you think there's any advantages or disadvantages in being in a group of five versus six, Tash? Um, I know this sounds really dumb, but could you explain it to me? Because I was trying to read your thread yesterday, but I didn't quite understand um, so, in the group of six, so all sixth place teams have your results against those teams in, if you come in second, are kind of okay. discounted. So, you're basically, but you're still playing two teams from the last pot. So, as a right, consequence, okay. every, um, you're, you're, how can I say, you're still, you're still facing, and again, without wish to sound disrespectful, two of a lower quality side. So I felt personally that was a benefit. So that whilst so that that contributes to your points at the end, is it? Yeah. Okay. But then they take off the points. Whoever finished sixth, you'd lose yeah. the points yeah. that they that you won okay. from them. But there's still okay. another sixth, uh, fifth potted team in your group, if that makes sense. Right, I got you. Um, as you can tell by my response, I don't really... <laughs> don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I think if you were to try to make sense of... When we were reading your thread last night, we were putting the pictures on the group, and we were trying to make sense of it. Um, but again, it's, for us, we're just, I think, pretty simple people in terms of <laughs> our minds. So we're just trying to qualify. It doesn't matter whether it's five or six, I think. Can I just take a second? You're so, you're I'm so I'm so giddy <laughs> that what the nonsense I was spouting uh, last night has gone round your WhatsApp group with all the players. I'm that's how, I'm, yeah, buzz, I'm buzzing with that. We're just like you, so we're trying to like figure out what or spare so and then I was like, oh girls, look at this. So I screenshotted some of your thread and was like, right, so if we get this and in the end I think everyone was just heads up falling off because no one really understood what it meant. Yeah. So um, but no, you made the WhatsApp group, so... I'm, I'm actually buzzing he with is, that. He is buzzing. He is I'm, I'm going to add that to our profile, I think, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll text me mum when I go home tonight, you'll never guess. <laughs> Speaking of me mum, I've got to tell you, you also share a birthday with my mum, so happy 30th birthday for a couple of days' time. 
Is Mam's not 30th in yeah. a couple of days' time, no, though, is it? I don't think she'd be overly uh, happy. Not that she listens, but I don't think she'd be too happy if I released her age to the, uh, <laughs> to the people who listen to people her. people are born in March, I'm told, so tell your mum I said happy birthday I for will. her as well. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I'd, I wanted to ask something, so changing tack a little bit. Okay. When we were chatting with Jess last year, um, she was discussing the coaching badges she's doing and how she imagines tracking into that in the future. And I noticed that you've started doing some media work and analysis work. Is that yeah. perhaps the route you imagine going? Um, yeah, I think I feel more comfortable doing that side of things. I think a lot of people are not that comfortable with it, but I think I've also been interested in coaching as well. And I'm looking to do my coaching badges in the summer. Um, so I think I'm trying to give myself as many avenues as possible, but I do like doing the media stuff. It really does involve me. I enjoy it. Um, and from what people have said, I'm doing an all right job at this. So I'm trying to put my best posh Welsh voice on for them <laughs> so, I, so that everyone can understand me. So, um, But no, I really enjoy it. So we, we'll see. And hopefully I'll have more opportunities um, to do more things like that in the future. There's definitely a window for that opening up, isn't there? Like, so many more women are coming on to, you know, BT Sport and Sky Sports and BBC and stuff. And it's, it's well, it's, obviously it's great to see, but for a, a change, um, there's some actual proper analysis going on, not just Ian Wright talking nonsense, which is one of my least favourite things. Yeah, exactly. And I think the reason they, I, they picked me to go on BT Sport because I give an impartial view. I'm not... Um, an English player that they always have on there. So to have me on there, I always give an honest opinion, yeah. whether it's right or sounds nonsense, I don't know. But yeah, I think it's 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 refreshing and it's it's BT especially do a really good job of keeping up with the modern technology and the modern tactical side of football. So it's it's been it's been fun so far. Are you likely to be involved with the World Cup at all? Um, I haven't had any questions, but I'm not, uh, people haven't asked me directly, but we've had a few throwaway comments so far. So we'll see, hopefully. Um, it might be a great opportunity, but we'll see. Hopefully I'll be on holiday. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have lost you, actually, for one second. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. I can hear you. Oh, OK. okay. Um, the last thing I want to ask you, um, unless I've said that now. Just, uh, it's only about the fifth time you've said it, but carry yeah, on. All right, sorry. <laughs> um, the, the last thing I want to ask you is, um, you mentioned that this was kind of like a, over a couple of drinks was kind of a last hurrah. Um, yeah. Is that, is that how you see this, this uh, in terms of your international career? Um, yeah, and I think I'm in a really good place with it mentally in terms of, you know, this will probably more than likely be my last campaign and, the last chance I'll probably have of getting to a major tournament. So I think as I'm getting older and the type of player that I am, I do pick up more injuries than I than most of the other girls because I am a quick player and I'm very powerful. It's it's, it's easier for me to pick up an injury and so from you know, I looked at it in, in with real honesty and I thought if I can get as much as I can out of it and James probably the same if she can squeeze everything out of me within the next two years three years then you know it'll be fantastic to leave Wales in a really in a better position than what we started with so um, I'm not saying 
never that I won't probably hang on, but I don't want to be a player that hangs on, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense, that makes sense. Um, well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we really thank appreciate you. you coming on. It's been great to, ch- to have a chat with you. Must have been a long day with everything that's been going on today, Absolutely. so we do appreciate it today particularly, no, it's, Tasha. It's all right. I, I only went to London, Adam Lynn. <laughs> Um, come back, watch the draw, done a live Insta, and now I'm with you lot. <laughs> what a way to end the evening. Exactly, perfect way. And I was <laughs> in the WhatsApp group. people as well. So. Exactly, perfect way to frown things up, I think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much for your time. We really, really appreciate it. No, thank you. Hopefully we'll do it again. Oh, we would love that. What a brilliant interview that was. Another brilliant interview. I know. It sounds ladies, like self-congratulation. Ladies are doing pr- us proud lately, They really are. They? they really are. Um, she was incredible. I, I really enjoyed her openness and honesty. Yeah. No, it, was, it was another fun hour spent with a little bit of a hero. Exactly. Exactly. And just in case anyone doesn't know, I am in the Players WhatsApp group. <laughs> Not strictly speaking. That is the story I'm going to be telling people. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, and, and do you know what? And I, I really enjoyed her analysis of a few things, especially the way she talked about uh, the Norwegians. Um, obviously, you know they've obviously had that those sort of conversations already about targeting their defence and everything else. And her insight on things, I thought, was really refreshing, but really uh, knowledgeable. Yeah, I mean the the growth that's happened in the women's game over her career and and continues now, really a kind of pivotal decade for for women's football that she's been part of, really, isn't it? And you can see that particularly developing now with our national team. I agree. She's kind of really encapsulated that, going from Cardiff City and playing Champions League football when it wasn't as professional to the point where now all the teams in the Women's Super League are professional. And, um, you know, like she talked about, things going from being a bit of a piss-up to to being, you know, uh, really striving for something. And she has completely straddled that that change, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you everyone uh, for listening. We have got a lot to talk about in the coming weeks. First of all, we have the women's game against Republic of Ireland, two games, sorry, against Republic of Ireland, the first one on the 28th of February. So we'll be doing another podcast soon to discuss that. We're also going to talk about the uh, the men's game, which is coming up uh, in March, the 24th of March, I think is the is the qualifier ahead of the, just after the Trinidad game. Um, so we will be discussing the squad for that. Uh, as a part of that, we'd be really interested if people could text us, uh, not text us, you don't have my phone number, um, <laughs> if you could uh, email us, tweet us, whatever, Facebook us, um, talking about players who you think should be inc- included who wouldn't necessarily normally get a chance especially for the Trinidad game um, we're also going to be doing a pod as part of uh, discussion sorry as part of that pod on the fact that Wrexham have got a new manager and not just a new manager it's been not all just changed manager. today as well hasn't it I'm dead excited I was gonna say for as giddy as I am to be in the whatsapp group you look just as giddy about Ryan F- Brian Flynn yeah it's not just that top of the league I know, you know just Oh, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep my feet on the yeah. floor. And, and, and do you know, what? I don't want to go too far into this rabbit hole, but what an unbelievable turnaround from no wins. I think it was in five or six, and no goals to winning four on the bounce now, and you know results the other week going completely Wrexham's way to, and now ended up winning the game in hand and going top of the league. 
Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. So there'll be a new pod coming up soon after this one where we discuss the women's games, the upcoming men's internationals, and, of course, um, how Wrexham are doing and you know their new management structure as well. So there's a lot of good stuff, hopeful, hopefully, to come from us. So please uh, do keep listening. I hope you have enjoyed... Uh, we hope you have enjoyed this podcast. We very much have. Um, so thank you for listening, and good night. Good night.